Hi, I'm Josh Shearer and I serve as the lead pastor here at Gawley Uniting Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. We exist as a church to see lives transformed with the good news of Jesus. Now, I hope this service inspires you. I hope it blesses you. I hope it builds your faith and I hope it gives you perspective that God is moving in your life. If there is anything that we can do to help you, don't be afraid to reach out on social media or email our office. Thanks for joining us again and let's get to the service. So the reading this morning comes from Psalm 23. Or it is Psalm 23, which is, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely the goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Now we are going to welcome Emily, who is amazing. I know she has a wonderful word to share with us. So let's welcome Emily to give us the word. Well, uh, is this on? Can everyone hear me? Yes. Yep, cool. Good morning, everyone. It is so lovely to see you all here this morning. And I'd like to extend a very big warm welcome to those joining us online. For anyone who doesn't know me, my name is Emily, and I've been coming to Gaul United Church for a few years now. We're week four of a series titled Belong, Believe, Behave. Society tells us that in order to belong somewhere, one first has to behave a certain way and agree to uphold certain beliefs. However, throughout this series, we've been looking at Jesus' invitation to firstly belong and then believe, and then once one believes, then their behaviour can begin to transform. In the first week, we looked at Mary's encounter with the risen Jesus in John chapter 20. In this encounter, Jesus called Mary by her name, and we learnt that to belong is to be known, um, seen and loved, which is where our faith in Jesus starts. Jesus knows, sees and loves each of us. In the second week, we continued in John chapter 20 by looking at Thomas the disciple better known as Doubting Thomas. We see Jesus come alongside Thomas in his doubting instead of scolding him, and we saw how doubt is really important in our journey of faith. And last week we turned to Luke chapter 24 and explored how to build a strong foundation for faith. And we drew out that the foundation for faith needs to be built on the gospel of peace and not the gospel of fear because the peace that God gives surpasses all understanding. If you missed out on any of these previous weeks, you can go to our Facebook page or YouTube channel or the Gawley Uniting Church podcast where you can catch up on the messages. Today we'll be looking at Psalm 23 and we'll explore how sometimes no words are the best way to know that we belong. But first, we'll begin with prayer. So please join with me, church. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that we're able to gather here today. Thank you that we are privileged to have ready access to your word 
and thank you that we're able to freely gather together to read your word and learn from it. Please let our hearts be softened and our ears be open to what you're saying to us. Let your words and not mine be spoken. In Jesus' name, amen. I often struggle to feel like I truly belong somewhere and I very rarely feel like I belong somewhere enough to show my true feelings and to act like my true self. For those who don't know me that well, I'm autistic. And as part of that, I can feel like I'm living in a bubble when it comes to social interactions. With people I don't know, and even on occasion people I do know, I'm at a loss of what to say, and often feel like I don't know how to act. In most social situations, I feel a pressure to mask. I become a chameleon and mimic the behavior around me, as what I really want to do is walk the same pattern back and forth, rock back and forth, hang upside down from a seat and make random sounds, which are things that aren't really deemed acceptable to society. And so very few people see me like this as I suppress everything until I'm alone or with one or two close friends and then I stim for a long time. I also struggle with poor mental health. A few years ago, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. When depression strikes, lies do their best to overtake my thoughts and emotions. And I drain myself of mental energy combating these lies with truths. I am in a constant battle. And when this happens, I feel unconnected to life around me, to the people around me, to my environment, and I can even become dead to my hobbies. And in moments of anxiety, my fight or flight mode is engaged. I become hyper aware of everything that is happening around me, looking for something that could be perceived as dangerous or threatening. My heart pounds in my chest, and I need to focus on reassuring myself that not everything is a threat. Ill mental health is hard, and I'm not alone. The mental health statistics for depression and anxiety are astounding. One in seven Australians will experience depression sometime during their life. A quarter of Australians will experience an anxiety disorder during their life. One in 16 Australians are currently experiencing depression. One in seven Australians are currently experiencing anxiety. And one in six Australians are currently experiencing both depression and anxiety. Mental health conditions don't just stop at depression and anxiety either. There's borderline personality disorder, bipolar, schizophrenia, addiction, and so many others. The chances are, if you do not have a mental health condition, you know someone who does. And sadly, only about half of people struggling with a mental health condition seek help. For a majority of people, it is a, with mental health conditions, it is a hidden struggle. And for the majority of those experiencing the mental health condition, the struggle is kept secret due to a shame and a stigma around the battles and challenges that are faced. Society tells us that if we don't abide by certain rules, and if we don't behave in a certain manner, then we cannot belong. I've had my friends with their own mental health challenges tell me that they have to hide how they're really feeling and how they're really coping life for fear of being cast away and told, you don't belong here. 
and I have certainly felt this myself, poor mental health isolates the person who is struggling. There are many different ways a person may deal with their mental health. For me, I rely on my faith in Jesus Christ. In my battles and challenges, it is Jesus who is my rock and my foundation. But I've also struggled with hurt, as I've heard it said many times before, that if someone has mental health problems, then they cannot be a good or true Christian. This is something I have wrestled with, and I've come to know is a lie. Jesus loves me, regardless of my mental health problems, and I can still choose to follow him. So if you're someone out there who is experiencing poor mental health right now, please hear this. Struggling with poor mental health does not make you a bad Christian, and it certainly doesn't mean you are unloved. You can follow Jesus and live for God's will while struggling with your mental health. Jesus still loves you. He still sees you, cares for you, and protects you. And we'll explore these as we dive into Psalm 23, which I'd like to read again right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Before we start diving into Psalm 23, it is important to note that there's no mention of speaking in this passage. There are a lot of wordless actions with meaningful consequences. Psalm 23 is a personal and silent encouragement, particularly to the author David, who was a shepherd himself. Biblical shepherding was vastly different to today's modern way of shepherding. Sheep were not kept in a fenced area 24-7. Overnight, the sheep were contained in a small pen known as a sheepfold, but during the day, they followed the shepherd around unfenced areas. Sheep were reliant on their shepherd to lead them to pasture for food and to streams for water, and the shepherd would have been their only protection from predators. The sheep were completely dependent on their shepherd. So with this knowledge of shepherding back then, let's get into the passage. Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. If we look at the first part of the verse, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. So who is the shepherd? Well, in John chapter 10, we read the words of Jesus when he calls himself the good shepherd. And so we can have the knowledge that Jesus is the shepherd. And not only is Jesus the shepherd, but he's also my shepherd, as we read in Psalm 23. The word my is important, as it tells us that Jesus is a personal shepherd. He is not distant, but rather he is very close by. As I was preparing for this message, I came across a quote from Charles Spurgeon, which I think sums up the importance of the word my in this verse brilliantly. He wrote, the sweetest word of the whole verse is that monosyllable my. 
He, David, does not say, the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large and leadeth forth the multitude as his flock. But the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me, watches over me, and preserves me. When you're struggling with mental health, there is no comfort greater than knowing that someone is looking out for you. And we have a reassurance right here in verse 1 that there is a shepherd keeping an active watch. And not just any shepherd, but Jesus. Verse 1 says that Jesus is looking out for me. And if he's looking out for me, then he's looking out for you too. So how does Jesus look out for us? The answer lies in the rest of the psalm. Verse 2 reads, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Sheep are very fussy creatures. They will not rest if they are hungry, thirsty, or irritated. And so, a shepherd provides his sheep with food and water so they are comfortable and can rest. And God does the same. He provides us with what we need to rest. But how does God provide for us so we can rest? Well, he's given us his word and the Holy Spirit. When we spend intentional time with God to read through his word and understand his word with the Spirit's help and seek to listen to his voice, we can find rest. When I struggle with my mental health, in particular my anxiety, I find an unexplainable peace by reading the Passion Translation of Psalm 91, which is titled Safe and Secure. Psalm 91 has beautiful imagery of being hidden in the strength of God Most High, with promises of being within a stronghold under God's protection. And in verse 15, there's a beautiful promise of help. I, God, will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honour. How comforting is it to know that when I am in distress, God is listening for my cry and that he responds with his presence. Anxiety may still linger and sometimes the nervous energy won't dissolve. However, I also have an underlying peace and feeling of safety. Reading and reflecting on God's word, on God's promises, can cause anxiety to lose its grip. When we turn to God's word, we find a silent comfort that enables us to find rest and we can become refreshed. And being refreshed in God's presence is picked up in verse 3 of Psalm 23. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Intentional time with God leads to a refreshed soul. It brings peace. It also brings strength and a revitalization of energy. There are many promises throughout the Bible of God providing us with strength, and two of my personal favourites in moments of weakness are Isaiah 41.10, which says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. And Philippians 4.13, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I love these verses because they don't necessarily make me feel better, but they do point me back towards Jesus. And Jesus is the anchor that helps begin the climb out of a bad mental health stage. These verses steer me towards Jesus, and Jesus guides me back to and along God's path. 
Verse 4 of Psalm 23 is my favourite verse in this psalm, as it fills me with hope and confidence. It says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Everyone's darkest valley will look different. For me, it is when my mental health is at its poorest. For others, it may be poor physical health, a breakdown of a relationship, the loss of a loved one. It could be financial trouble. Regardless of what your darkest valley is, verse four of this psalm promises us that we will not endure it alone. For you, meaning Jesus, are with me. It is the reassurance that I and you are never alone. Jesus is walking beside us. Verse four also says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod and staff were two tools used by a shepherd and they both had very different purposes. The rod was a thick piece of wood, often fashioned with a club at one end, which aided the shepherd in two things. It served as a weapon to protect the sheep against predators, and it was also used to count the sheep each night as they entered the sheepfold. If the shepherd counted even a single sheep missing, he would leave the rest of the sheep in the sheepfold and go after the one missing sheep. And we can read of this in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7, in the parable of the lost sheep. In this parable, a shepherd loses one sheep, and so leaves his other 99 sheep to seek out the lost one. Upon discovering the lost sheep, he carries it home and has a celebration. In verse 7, Jesus says, I tell you that in the very same way, there'll be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't, who don't need to repent. This is a reassurance that you are highly valuable to Jesus. And you are so valuable that when you choose to trust him, that is the most precious thing to him. Going back to Psalm 23, the staff a shepherd carried was a long piece of wood with a crook or hook at one end, and it had four purposes. It was used to support the shepherd if he needed rest. It was used to support an injured or weaker sheep. It was used to help guide sheep along a narrow, rocky paths. And the crook was also used to help pull sheep out of troubling situations. It is comforting to know that the shepherd carries a staff as it offers a mean of support, guidance, and rescue. Jesus, like the shepherd, supports us, guides us, and rescues us when we're in trouble. Verse 4 of Psalm 23 is a promise of comfort and protection for, we, for when we are at our most vulnerable. It reassures us that we will not be left alone and that we will not be defenseless. In verse 5 of Psalm 23, we read, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. The imagery of you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, I initially found confronting and confusing. However, as I prayed and did some research, I found a great comfort in it, as there are two promises in this sentence. There's a promise of provision symbolized by the feast prepared on the table, and there is the promise of victory symbolized by the feast in the presence of enemies. The victory that is promised is the victory that comes through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
when he defeated death and made the way for us to enter into a direct relationship with God the Father. A victory we are reminded of in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 55 to 57. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Jesus, we're given the access to victory, and so we can comfortably sit in the presence of our enemies, knowing that Jesus, the ultimate victor, is there and that he is protecting us. And if we continue looking at verse 5, we also read, You anoint my head with oil. The anointing of a person's head with oil in biblical times was a mark of being accepted into a royal family, and it symbolized prosperity, blessings, and stability. So not only does Jesus give us the victory, but he also invites us into a relationship with him where we are accepted into his royal family. How great is that? knowing that regardless of our circumstances, God offers us a victory through Jesus. And through Jesus, he also offers an invitation to his family, which we also see in the final verse of Psalm 23. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's focus on your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life first. Here, we can see that the shepherd is actively watching over his sheep, and the shepherd will also actively pursue any sheep that will stray away. And so we can be reassured that Jesus is actively watching over us, that he is constantly caring for us, and that he'll also be active in coming after us if we were to stumble away. Personally, for me, this is a great reassurance. If my depression and anxiety took over and I ran, his love will pursue me. He will come after me and bring me home to him. If he comes after me, then I'm certain that he will also come after you. And Psalm 23 ends really beautifully with, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This sentence tells us that we are adopted into the family of God, which is the ultimate experience of belonging. And it brings a comfort of the knowledge that Jesus will never turn me away. Rather, in fact, he invites me into his house and he invites me to stay. For those of you here today or watching online who are not followers of Jesus, Psalm 23 verse 6 tells us that Jesus gives you an invitation to belong to his family. There are no prerequisites, no standards that you need to meet. You do not have to make yourself whole. Jesus accepts you as who you are in the state that you are. For anyone who is a follower of Jesus and who experiences mental health problems, Psalm 23 promises rest, comfort, and protection when you are at your worst, and the reassurance of a relentless love, a love that will break through any obstacle to find you or remind you of the love he has for you. For anyone who may be struggling, I encourage you to commit to memory or at the very least, write down two verses or passages of God's faithfulness, love, or promises. If you write them down, then hang them in a place where you can see them regularly and be reminded of his goodness. Where I hang my reminders of God's goodness changes. However, I usually have a couple hanging somewhere visible in my bedroom. When I'm in a really bad mental health state, these visual reminders are game-changing. 
Following Jesus does not make the mental health problems disappear. However, he does help you through the mental health stages. Personally, when I'm disciplined with my regular Bible reading, um, and when I'm disciplined in spending intentional time with God, I do find that my poor mental health symptoms are present less and and are often less severe. However, my mental health problems do not disappear completely. They are still there, and I do still have spikes of really bad mental health. However, they are considerably less frequent than when I am not disciplined in spending intentional time with God. Remember, mental health is hard, and it sucks. So be kind to yourself, and remember God's promise that he is there for you. For those who may be followers of Jesus and do not experience mental health problems, we see all throughout Psalm 23 offerings of practical things, the provision of food, the offer of comfort and protection. There are no words offering to fix things. Sometimes the best way to help is to just be there and offer support. Examples of something practical you could do is send someone who is struggling in life a verse of encouragement. Or maybe you could offer them a hug or a hand squeeze. Maybe provide them with a meal or two. Offer to sit with them silently or offer them a safe place where they can open up. Sometimes the most powerful way to communicate belonging is to say nothing and to just be present. Mental health is something the majority of the community struggles with, and for many, the struggle is done in secret. What would our community look like if we were authentic, if we were honest and open with each other more, particularly in regards to mental health? What a radical impact we could have on the community, particularly if we also share how Jesus helps us in our darkest valleys. So I have a challenge for you this week. If you know someone who is struggling with mental health at the moment, reach out with an encouraging verse, a virtual or physical hug, the offer of a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen. Offer to be silently present with them. If you are someone struggling with mental health at the moment, then my challenge to you this week is to lean on God. Spend time in God's word and fixate on him. Do not shy away from him in your brokenness. If you're struggling to find God, then I encourage you to reach out and ask someone for a prayer or verse of encouragement. Mental health is a significant community issue and is is a deeply personal challenge for each individual. And yet, regardless of who you are and the challenges you are facing, the shepherd of Psalm 23 is watching over you. He cares for you and he offers you a place where you can belong. Please pray with me. Lord, thank you for being our shepherd. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for your company and protection. Thank you for your comfort and thank you that you accept us for who we are. Thank you that we do not need to mould ourselves into something complete before coming to you. Jesus, as we step out into this week, please let your presence be felt. Keep us uplifted in your strength. Help us find your green pastures and quiet waters. Let us be guided entirely by you. Remind us that you are actively watching over us and that you are protecting us and that you are pursuing us in your powerful love that kicks down walls and tears down lies. Jesus, we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Well, thanks once again for joining us. If this service has been a blessing to you, why not share it with someone you know, or better yet, post it on your social feed because you never know how God might use what you share to bless someone you didn't even know needed it. Special thank you if you contribute towards making this ministry possible. We are so grateful. If you'd like to help, head to gawleyuniting.org.au and follow the links to begin giving. God bless you and we'll see you next time.